0: Welcome to Healthcare Beat, a healthcare podcast brought to you by Seifarth Shaw's cross-disciplinary healthcare team. Each beat will focus on key industry trends and the latest developments while identifying practical takeaways for those in this space. This episode is the latest in our special series focusing on what we can expect in the healthcare industry during the Biden administration. Today's episode focuses on all things HIPAA, privacy, and security. I'm Adam Lawton, partner in Seifarth's corporate department and host of Healthcare Beat. Let's jump in. So today's topic is HIPAA privacy and security, and these issues continue to be central to the compliance risks that many providers and others in this industry face, even if those risks aren't always front of mind. So I'm going to talk about four main issues, some of which are simply perpetually present and others where there is a special reason to address those now here at the opening of the Biden administration. The first issue are breaches. Uh, breaches continue to be uh, forthcoming all the time. Uh, on average, last year in 2020, there were almost two breaches per day, with those breaches being more than 500 individuals, and that's more than any year since reporting started on breaches in 2010. Over 29 million records were exposed. That's more than any year except two, 2019 In 2015. And in 2015, most of the more than 100 million records which were exposed that year came from just one breach. And the main cause this year, and this is another growing trend, uh, seems to be hacking. More than 26 million of the 29 total million records that were exposed came from hacking attempts. It used to be, uh, most of us have heard the stories of somebody left a laptop or a flash drive in the backseat of a car, somebody broke and took it that those issues remain, of course, but that is no longer the predominant source of these breaches. It's also true that settlements and recoveries for penalties in these cases are increasing. OCR, the Office of Civil Rights, entered into 19 settlements last year with a total of 13 million in penalties. So that's more than a half a million in penalties on average per settlement. So those settlement amounts are getting larger. The second issue, issue I'd like to talk about are the OCR audits. Uh, As many in this space know from 2016 and 2017, the Office of Civil Rights conducted a series of privacy and security audits for covered entities and business associates, but the results of those audits were not published until this past December. I really think these are important because I feel like this is the way that OCR is going to decide where to focus their attention going forward both in enforcement and in future rulemaking, and we'll come back to one of those areas where they're already pushing forward with rulemaking uh, in just a little bit. The major failures that were identified for providers and business associates were that they were not conducting regular sufficient risk assessments, and they were routinely violating individual's right to access their own medical records, either excessive fees or taking too long, or not being responsive enough. And, and again, we'll see how that's being addressed uh, here in just a second, because there is, and this is the third issue, a notice of proposed rulemaking, which does a couple of things with HIPAA privacy and security, but mostly focused around the individual right of access. For those of you who aren't quite uh, up to speed on administrative law, a notice of proposed rulemaking Is just the agency saying, we're thinking about this, we're about to make a rule about it. Then you get a proposed rule which says, we think the rule ought to be X, Y, and Z. And then a final rule which says, we've heard all your comments and we're actually going to make this a rule. We've changed it or not changed it in certain ways. So right now we're just at the notice of proposed rulemaking stage. We're not yet at a proposed rule, but we already start to see the shape of what they are proposing. The big ticket items are. The individual right of access goes back to those same things I was just talking about, these ID verification. So if you want to get your own records, what form of ID do you have to prove that you're the person whose records you should get? And then the form of access gets down to questions like if we have, uh, you know, a computer terminal or an iPad or something where a patient can see their own records, can they just pull out their phone and take a picture of their records and walk away with it? Uh, Normally, that wouldn't be allowed but OCR is starting to explore that. And then the second set of big ticket items are opening up disclosures around things like care coordination and care management. If you have heard about the Stark and anti-kickback rule changes that came out towards the end of last year, you'll note that a lot of the new exceptions and flexibilities with Stark and anti-kickback also focus on those same two issues. This, because it came out in December, was a Trump administration rule and really followed up on a lot of the priorities the Trump administration and folks in HHS had been talking about the past four years. And so the question is, now with the new change of administration, what is the Biden administration going to do with this notice of proposed rulemaking? It's definitely not a, a sure thing that it gets finalized in this form, but I think that particularly as it relates to care coordination and care management Opening up disclosures and making things more flexible around those two areas is really a key to unlocking the types of efficient and less costly care that the Affordable Care Act depends on. If you recall one of our earlier episodes, we were talking with Leon Rodriguez about sort of the big picture view of what the Biden administration is going to try to accomplish in health care. And his comment was, it's really going to focus on making the Affordable Care Act succeed. Uh, The Biden administration views it as a success. They want it to be a success, and they're going to do what they can to bolster it and help it succeed. And lining up HIPAA privacy and security with the ability to share information in ways that care can be more coordinated and better managed to avoid more costly things like hospitalizations is going to be a big part of that. The last issue to address are the COVID-19 waivers. So shortly after the public health emergency, was declared, OCR began issuing waivers, or what they called notifications of enforcement discretion regarding things like telehealth usage and public health activities. Really, that was just OCR saying, normally we wouldn't allow this, but if you do it right now during the pandemic, we probably won't investigate you. Obviously, there was a need associated with the pandemic because so many providers needed to quickly pivot to telehealth as if not the primary method, at least a major method of delivering care. And there wasn't time for you to research 10 different software packages and make sure everything was HIPAA compliant. So they opened up a lot of things about what sorts of platforms could you use. So now you could use Skype or Zoom to deliver telehealth instead of having to buy some specialized software package and go through months and months of installation, implementation and training and such. So the question here is, these waivers are already out there. The public health emergency is still in effect. What's the Biden administration going to do with this? Because we anticipate that sometime during the next four years, this public health emergency will wind down. So option one is we just go back to the way things were before. They wipe away the waivers and and these other uh, notifications, and we just go back to the old system. I think that's unlikely because it's really, you know, putting the whole telemedicine system in reverse. For a long time, and many of you who are, have been in this space for years will be familiar with this. There was all this talk about how telemedicine was gonna be transformational, but it was this revolution that never quite arrived. Uh, And and the pandemic has really been, or seems like it's been kind of its moment to shine. So I don't think we're gonna go backwards and just lose all that innovation, lose all that openness that we got. The second option is to leave the waivers in place exactly as they are and say, okay, these are permanent now. It's not just about the pandemic. Now, you know, this is the way we're going to do things. I also think that's unlikely simply because I don't think OCR is simply going to gut its mission and give up so much as to say, we're just going to turn a blind eye to everything privacy and security going on in, in telemedicine. Although The extent to which something like that happens probably depends on whether we see any major breaches or enforcement actions that come out of this period and come out of things that could be directly tied to these waivers. The final option, and this is probably the most likely, is we see some attempt to try to retrofit privacy and security concerns onto the waiver system. So expanded exceptions for things like public health and health oversight, maybe waivers around workplace disclosures or disclosures for, you know, people who live in the same space. And then for the software, maybe instead of either fully permitting it or fully prohibiting it, they're given some deadline to add some functionalities or modules that enhance the HIPAA compliance of those platforms. That's probably the most likely option there. So wrapping up, here are a couple of the main takeaways. HIPAA definitely still a concern. Breaches, settlements, and penalties are all still on the rise. All the providers and business associates should make sure to be checking their training, make sure it's up to date, make sure that you're not training employees and staff members on the uh, hacking and phishing strategies from uh, five or 10 years ago because those have changed drastically. From the audits, we discover many providers are still not compliant with even the basic HIPAA requirements. So everyone needs to make sure. Do you have a complete compliance plan that's not just a nice-to-have? Are you doing regular risk assessments? How often are these the subject of discussions at your governing board? How often are you training staff on it? The area of most concern is really that most large institutional providers like hospitals and health systems are probably doing at least the passable job of this, but it's smaller providers like many. Physician practices that don't have the sufficient resources to dedicate to the kinds of compliance effort that the law actually requires. There is a notice of proposed rulemaking out there. We're going to keep an eye on that. That will likely be an early bellwether of what things we can expect out of the Biden administration. And then finally, the big development that we'll be keeping our eye on is how the Biden administration, from the point of view of HIPAA, transitions out of the public health emergency. We know how we transitioned into it with the waivers. Now the question is, how do you unwind that, or do you unwind it even? Thank you for joining us today for another edition of SciFarth's Healthcare Beat Podcast, bringing you the latest developments and pressing issues in healthcare. So you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to visit SciFarth.com, where you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or SoundCloud. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. We look forward to having you with us again soon.